Well, good morning and happy Lord's Day. Uh, last two Sundays, we, um, we talked about a big uh, theme called sovereignty of God. Uh, and, you know, I recognize that when we talk about sovereignty of God, sometimes two, two Sundays is not enough to really grasp it. In fact, it's, it's very likely that it will take our whole lifetime to really understand uh, God's sovereignty. But in, in our text, two sun, uh, in two Sundays, in Psalm 89, uh, you, you notice, and I mentioned this, uh, that the psalmist, while recognizing the sovereignty of God, is appealing to a God who is a covenant-making God. So today is going to be another big thing, another big topic, big biblical theme that I want to, to, um, to impart to you, and that is covenant, covenant. You know, covenant is a, a word that we rarely use today, right? Uh, sometimes we, uh, we don't really understand what that means. When you think of covenant, what celebration comes to your mind? What kind of event comes to your mind? Marriage, wedding, right. Kasi merong, uh, we recognize that marriage is, is a covenant. And I mentioned this when I officiate weddings, that weddings, uh, marriages are, is not just a contract. It is a covenant between two, uh, two adults, one male, one female, in the presence of witnesses with the blessing of God. And yung highlight ng many wedding ceremony is yung kanilang vow. Uh, I don't know if you've attended um, a, a wedding na yung bride and groom, they will mention their own pre-made, uh, their own vow to each other, right? Uh, kapag nakakapanood kayo ng mga videos of weddings, yun yung highlight. Yun yung simula ng mga, mga wedding video nila, yung vow. And I noticed mga vows, um, in, in some of the weddings na attendan ko, it's not really a vow, but, <laughs> but, more, but more like a, a, a declaration of love. And, and that's, you know, there's difference in, you know, you're just declaring that you love the person and you're making a vow that you're committing to something. You know, sadly, most of uh, the promises that people give, even in weddings, are broken. And... I don't know the statistics here in the Philippines, but in the U.S., uh, there's a really high divorce rate. Uh, one in, and this may be an outdated uh, statistic already, one in five marriages end up in divorce. One in five. That may be higher. Uh, and, and, uh, hindi lang yung weddings, hindi lang yung marriages, younger generation now, tend to not get married. Prefer not getting married. In fact, they're in, uh, in, in Japan, there's this a trend uh, of going through the wedding ritual but without having a partner. Basically, you're getting married by yourself. Because, number one, they can find a suitable partner. Number two, they don't want 
to to get uh, to, to get married and so hindi yung sa US high divorce rate sa, sa Japan very low marriage rate and if it even if you don't care i'm sure you've heard of this defamation case between amber heard and and johnny depp and it's just no i really don't care <laughs> but it's just sad that this this marriage has reached this all time low in 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 their life and so for, for us to have to be surrounded by broken promises in our world, it's just right that we recognize what it means to have a covenant-making God. What is this good news in a world of broken promises? And my goal today is to give us just a few simple descriptions uh, of God's covenant relationship with us so we have a greater appreciation uh, of it and respond in a way that is according to the scripture because in, a, in our reformed tradition we highlight uh, what it means to be a covenant people in relating to a covenant fulfilling God. So my hope today is that we will once again fall in love even more in this covenant making God who gives us comfort in a world of broken promises. So as you see, as you look in, uh, at your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Genesis 17. Uh, we are not looking at the whole chapter just uh, until verse 22. And we will see here uh, God's covenant with Abraham and his descendants. So let me give you three descriptions already. Ibibigay ko na sa inyo yung outline so you know where we're going. Uh, three descriptions of God's covenant. Number one, God's covenant is gracious. Number two, God's covenant is far-reaching. And number three, God's covenant requires action. Okay? God's covenant is gracious. God's covenant is far-reaching. And God's covenant requires action. Let's look at them one by one. So God's covenant is gracious. This is not merely a transaction between two equal parties. This is a gracious uh, extension of God's nature. How do we know that God's covenant is gracious here? Well, number one, siya yung nagsimula ng covenant relationship. He initiated the covenant relationship. Look at the first two verses of our text. When Abram was 99 years old, what happened? The Lord appeared to him. Not only that, the Lord spoke to him. And said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. So keep in mind, Abraham was not, Abraham palang at this point, was not doing anything. He was not praying to God. He was not seeking God. He is not trying to improve his life so that God will pay attention to him. God appeared to him. God spoke to him. And what you will read in the passage, it is God mostly speaking to him. So again, looking at that um, you know, wedding illustration, it is God making that vow, initiating, speaking. And let's look closer what's included in this covenant to see if it's really a gracious covenant. Ano yung, ano yung 
pinapangako ng Diyos kay Abraham. Sabi ni God, As for me, this is my covenant for you, verse 4, that you will be father of many nations. We can call this posterity. Verse 5, No longer will you be called Abraham. You will now be called Abraham, for I have made you father of many nations. So there's a change of person. Verse 6, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. So we call this prosperity. Verse 8, the whole land of Canaan where you are now an alien, I will give you uh, as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you. So mere blessing of property. And lastly, I will be their God. So there's providence and protection. So you have a, within this covenant, you have posterity, a change of personality, prosperity, property, providence, and protection. How would you respond to this kind of promise? If you were given this kind of promise, how would you respond? What do you think how do you think Abraham responded to this? Did he say, yeah, I deserve that, God? Or would you say, would you say, if you were Abraham, would you say, why me? Why me? So what does this mean? You know, it means that we worship a God who wants to be a in a covenant relationship with us, that we know him because of this covenant, that he is not waiting for us to make a first move. It means that when we are gathered here, that we, when we go through our, our rituals of singing and praying, he, God is not waiting Teka lang, titignan ko kung tama sa tono yung pagganta ng mga taong to. Titignan ko kung yung prayer nila ay fit dun sa what I, I think is uh, fitting for prayer. Hihintayin ko muna silang baguhin yung kanilang heart. Hintayin ko muna sila bago sila pumasok ng accelerate. Mag, mag ano na muna, mag do good works muna and then I will appear to them. That's not what happened. That's not what a gracious covenant is. God initiated a covenant even though he knows what kind of person Abraham is, even though he knows what kind of, uh, what kind of person Abraham will become. Anong klaseng tao ba si Abraham when he, when, uh, after this, did he become immediately like a, become a good person? Not really. So God is not waiting for us to make the first move. He made the first move. And the, uh, 1 John 4.19 affirms this to us, that we love, meaning we experience love, we express love, because He first loved us. Alam natin ang ibig sabihin ng pagmamahal, ng pag-ibig, because we experience that in God. Second reason why we can consider this uh, as a gracious covenant, it is based on his faithfulness. It is based on his faithfulness. Can you imagine 
if this covenant relationship is based on Abraham's capacity to be faithful to God, to walk blamelessly before God, do you think he would be able to live up to the task? If that covenant was given to you and God said, walk before me blamelessly and be faithful, and if it's based on your capacity to be faithful, do you think the covenant will be fulfilled? What about his children? Maybe kung, kung hindi si Abraham, what about yung children ni Abraham? What about maybe baka naman, baka naman a, better, a better person yung magiging children niya? You know, for the dads here, I'm sure you are aware na ang uh, ang prayer niyo is that your children will be a better person than you, right? That your children will be better uh, a person than you. So Abraham would be thinking, Isaac would be a better person than I am. Maybe he will be able to fulfill the demands of the covenant. Did he? I don't think so. How about Jacob, your grandparent, your grandchild? Did he? Even the name itself, <laughs> Jacob means deceiver. You know, from if if you look at you know their 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 history of this family, it's like a scandal after scandal after scandal. It it's it's worse than a telenovela. There's lots of deception, rivalry, favoritism. And this is what God says in Isaiah 61 verse 8. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I reward them. Notice that statement. It did not say, in their faithfulness, I reward them. He says, in my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Here's one more in, in the Torah, in Deuteronomy 9.6. Understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord God is giving you this good land to possess. Merong description, what kind of people are Israelites? For you are stiff-necked people. You, have, you possess the land, but it's not because of your righteousness. You possess the land even though you are stiff-necked people. So yes, friends, the, the covenant relationship involves us and God, but we can find comfort in the fact that God, in his sovereign grace, makes this relationship work. He makes this relationship with us work because of his righteousness, because of his faithfulness. And that's why we can say, we, can, we, can, we are convinced that this covenant between God and Abraham is gracious. Not only that, hindi lang ito gracious. God's covenant, this is point number two, God's covenant is far-reaching. Yung scope niya ay napakalawak. What do we mean? Well, number one, it goes beyond the individual. Yes, yung covenant ni, ni God ay binigay kay Abraham, pero hindi lang si Abraham ang involved dito. 
what else is included in the covenant? God said in verse 15 to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. So, hindi lang si Abraham yung napalitan ang personality, pati yung asawa niya included in, in the covenant. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. So, hindi lang when God makes a covenant with a person, it does not just uh, stop with a person. What else? Hindi lang husband, hindi lang sa wife, even the children. And as for Ishmael, bakit sinimulan kay Ishmael? Shame firstborn eh. Shame firstborn. But not with Sarah. Not with Sarah. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and greatly increase his number and I'll, he will be father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. Wala pa si Isaac meron ng covenant. You know, this is another proof uh, of God's gracious covenant that the covenant, yes, will continue with Isaac kasi siya yung pinili ng Panginoon, but God did not ignore Ishmael. You might say, bakit ganun si God? Meron, bakit unfair ni God? Bakit meron siyang pinili na si Isaac at meron siyang hindi pinili? Is that, is that really an evidence of fairness? I mean, could Ishmael say God was unfair that God would even bless him for not doing anything? Even after children, so wife, children, and descendants, verse 7 of our text, I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. For the generations to come. Ang iniisip pa lang ni Abraham yung anak niya. Kasi matagal, matanda na sila, wala pa silang children eh. Yun pa lang ang iniisip niya, pero si God, ang covenant na generations after him. Wala pang anak, Pero may covenant na. You know, friends, this is why families are important to our church. That's why I really enjoy when I hear the sounds of children here in our church, which I really, I really missed nung first, yung when we were doing just once a month uh, gathering here last year, when children are not allowed. I enjoy that. I welcome that. I welcome that sound. It does not bother me. <laughs> because children don't become part of God's covenant when they become adults. Look at this. Look at this covenant. It is affirmed, yes, 
it is recognized when they are adults kasi nakikita na natin yung fruits of that covenant with them but the covenant happened long before they were born the covenant for Isaac and Jacob and their generation was given ratified of uh, confirmed long before they were born and so the covenant for those we have uh, baptized here like William and Emma and Noah were confirmed even before they were here in Accelerate, even before they were born. So even before Isaac was born, God already has a covenant with him through his father Abraham. And parents who have a covenant a com a covenant uh, relationship with God has also has a covenant responsibility to remind their children that you are a child of promise and that your identity should be molded by that truth. You know, our children does not come into the world as a, uh, as a blank uh, tablet that we fill in. It is preloaded with God's covenant. And so they must be aware of that. Otherwise, they will be confused with the kind of message that the culture is providing for them. So it goes beyond uh, the individual we see. It goes beyond, you know, the family and the descendants, it even goes beyond time. Again, look at that verse. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. Verse 13, and this is in the context of the, the circumcision, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised, meaning yung affirmation of the covenant does not just include the children and even those who are part of the household. Not even, kahit hindi siya blood relative. My covenant in your flesh will be an everlasting covenant. It goes beyond time. And, and third reason why this is far-reaching, it goes beyond conventional wisdom. It goes beyond conventional wisdom, yung covenant ni God. What do I mean? Look at uh, yung response ni Abraham in verse 17. After all these things na sinabi ni God, sabi niya, uh, Abraham fell face down and what did he do? He laughed. He laughed and said, you know, will a son be born to a man that is a hundred years old? Magkakaanak pa ba ako? I am 100 years old. Tapos yung asawa ko, 90. Lord, baka naman nagkakamali yung covenant mo. Ganito na lang, God. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. God, baka naman sab medyo hindi mo, na hindi mo na recognize yung timing nung covenant mo kasi 100 na ako, 90 na yung asawa ko. Baka ang better na, na way, uh, ang mas logical na way for these things to happen 
is that you will bless my son from Hagar. Ganun na lang, God. Baka mas mag-work pa yun kasi nandyan na. Yan. So for Abraham, the only way for these things, for, for this covenant to be fulfilled, is to happen through Ishmael. Because outside of that, it will just be physically impossible. You know, sometimes we're like Abraham. We put our understanding of God's promise in a box. Sometimes we say, for, God, for God's promise to be fulfilled, these things should happen. For a church planting ministry to, to thrive, ganito dapat ang mangyari. Look at the testimony of Apostle Paul, and we don't have this uh, in, in the slides, but he has this testimony that you know, there was a thorn in his flesh and he was praying, God, please remove this thorn in the flesh in me. Was it removed? It wasn't. But did God provide grace for him to endure? Yes. That's why his testimony says, my grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, my strength is perfect. When God makes a promise, let's not put that in a box thinking that the Lord will fulfill His promise the way we understand it. So since God's covenant is gracious and it's far-reaching, He is the one actively making this relationship work, what does it mean for us? Total, si God naman yung nag-initiate, tapos siya naman ang nagsusustain. Total, kasama naman dito yung generations after me. So, pwede naman palang wala na lang akong gawin. Pwede naman palang okay na yan. God, it, it will work with or without me. So, I'd rather just enjoy my life. And, you know, make the most of this world. Total, covered naman ako ng covenant mo eh. Is that what it means? Does that mean nothing is required of us? That we will just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride? I don't think so. Which is why this, this third point is really something we need to take seriously. God's covenant requires our action. And what is that action? What is the action that this covenant demands? It demands faithfulness to God and it demands obedience to His commands. Look again on, on that first verse alone of our text. When Abraham was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to him, so it's a gracious covenant, and said to him, I am God Almighty, what is the demand? Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. 
Then I will make a covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your number. There's a demand for faithfulness. There's a demand for obedience. A covenant relationship with God is the highest form of a relationship that we can ever have. That means, that means... It is not cheap. That means it requires something big from us. But does that, does that mean this requirement, this demand is again unfair? For God to demand faithfulness and obedience to his people, is God asking something big yes but it is god something asking something that's unfair you know if you receive this kind of covenant it's just right that god would demand faithfulness and obedience to him because we are invited into a relationship with the holy god it's just right that we are blameless if we are, because we are invited into a covenant relationship with, with a faithful God, it's just right that we respond in faithfulness as well. Look at verse 9. As for you, after receiving all these um, uh, benefits of the covenant, as for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you. Verse 10, this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you, that you, uh, the covenant you are to keep. What will happen? Every male shall be circumcised. And this is where we see uh, yung circumcision in the, in the scripture. You are to undergo circumcision and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. So this is what, you know, what, a circumcision is all about in the scripture. Can you imagine Abraham being circumcised at 99 years old? But keep this in mind, and, and I want us to understand this. Circumcision here is a ritual that affirms the sign of the covenant has been made. Liting ko yun and we need to understand this. Circumcision was, that, was not the ritual that fulfills the covenant. It is a sign that a covenant has been made. In a wedding, you have wedding rings. It is a sign that a marriage vow was affirmed. But even if you don't have the wedding rings, the marriage took place. So yung circumcision is just a, a means to, for us to understand physically and invisibly that there is a covenant between God and His people. And I'm saying this because today we practice this sign in the form of water baptism. 
So we believe as a church that you know yung our our expression of uh, recognizing God's covenant is through water baptism. No longer the circumcision that was a Jewish tradition, but now through water baptism. And so water baptism is a sign and seal that we are God's possession. That I will be your God and you will be my people. So, friends, today, baptism is not an empty ritual we do. It has deep meaning that affirms the covenant. At the same time, hindi rin natin sinasabi na yung baptism fulfills the covenant. Hindi yung pag oh, nababtize ka na, sold na. Okay na ako. And, and kapag, kasi kapag ganun ang understanding natin, uh, you know, we call that baptismal regeneration. Na yung, yung baptism becomes our means to be, you know, to be righteous with God. It, just, it is just a physical ritual that we do that affirms the sign of the covenant. And so, my encouragement to you, if you have children, uh, if you're a believer, you have children, I would encourage you to, to, to have your children baptized. If you are uh, new to the faith, you haven't been baptized, I would encourage you to be baptized. But, but, sabi nga ni Mark Dever, getting wet or baptism is the easiest command that Jesus ever gave to follow. It only gets harder from there. Yes, we affirm God's covenant for us, but it gets difficult after that because it calls for obedience and faithfulness. Question. Given that this covenant is amazing, it covers all grounds of Abraham's life, was that a fair demand? For Abraham to walk blamelessly and faithfully to the Lord. Was that a fair demand? It is, right? It is. But here's the bad news. Abraham failed to fulfill this covenant. Abraham failed. And because Abraham failed to fulfill his end of the covenant, to walk blamelessly and and follow his commands, humanly speaking, this is grounds for divorce. This is grounds for voiding the covenant. The immediate line of Abraham, kahit sa anak niya pa lang, and up to the people of Israel have a well-documented history of breaking this covenant relationship. Look at the prophet Hosea, uh, what prophet Hosea said in uh, Hosea 6, 7. Like Adam, they have broken the covenant. He's talking about uh, the Israelites. They were unfaithful to me. And look at Isaiah 59 too. But your iniquities have separated you from God 
and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. What happened to, Israel, to the Israelites after they left Egypt, entered the promised land, uh, proclaimed for themselves their own king, divided kingdom, uh, assimilated, uh, walls destroyed, exiled, returned, broken, all, all those things happened because they failed to fulfill the covenant. All of it. You know, we have failed to fulfill our own end of the covenant. Right? The covenant here says, I will be your God and you will be my people, but our hearts turn to other gods and our action does not represent being people of God. You know what's worse? It does not just affect us or our family. This broken covenant relationship does not stop with us. Look again in, in the prophet Isaiah 24, verse 4. The earth dries up. The crops wither. The skies refuse to rain. The earth suffers for what? For the sins of his people. For they have twisted the instructions of God, violated his law, and broken his everlasting covenants. Now, can you imagine that, that us breaking God's covenant has environmental effects? And so when we hear, you know, doomsday uh, messages about, you know, the world is, um, has this limited life, lifespan already, um, uh, we have pandemics left and right, um, catastrophes and, and everything. And that's because we have, as God's image bearers, have broken this covenant, it affects the world we live in. No wonder we live now in a world of broken promises. Because the world is broken, we, seem, we cannot seem to fulfill our own end of the covenant. It, just, it looks just normal that we live in a world where promises are broken. Kaya nga meron na tayong statement eh, na promises are made to be broken. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a world like that. Where promises are broken. Here's the good news. Despite the fact that we have broken this covenant, we have a covenant restorer. We have a covenant restorer in Jesus. Hebrews 9.15 For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. No, friends, we have someone who completely fulfilled the covenant on our behalf. He lived a blameless life. 
He walked before God faithfully. We have someone who paid the penalty of the broken covenant on our behalf. You know what that means, friends? That Christ received the full penalty of a broken covenant. Whatever happened to Israel is not just is not yet the full penalty of the covenant breaking. It is just God withholding the benefits of the covenant. You know who received the full penalty of a broken covenant? Christ did. And that was meant for us. And you know what's even more? We receive the full benefits of a fulfilled covenant that was made for Christ. He receives the penalty of a broken relationship, of a broken covenant. We receive the full benefits of Him fulfilling the covenant. How amazing is that? And so, you know, we don't become recipients of, of God's covenant by just getting involved in a church or fulfilling the Ten Commandments or, or giving to charity or raising our hand um, when a pastor calls for an altar call. We become part of this covenant by putting our faith in our trust, in our hope in Jesus Christ, the one who was completely obedient, the one who fulfilled our part in this covenant. And if Jesus Christ fulfilled our part of the covenant, what is required of us now? What's required for us, friends, is to put our faith in Jesus. Because he is our covenant restorer. Pero pastor, I don't see my, my connection with that. Does, that does not give me any comfort because I don't find any connection with Abraham. Maybe if I'm Jewish, maybe if I was born in Israel, maybe I can find these things comforting for me. But this is the good news that we see in the scripture in Galatians 3. So you are all, you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. All who have been united with Christ in baptism had been made like him. Verse 29, now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. Remember that covenant promise to Abraham and his children? That includes you and me. That includes your children. That includes the generation after you. You are heirs. And now all the promises God gave to him now belong to you. You know what that means? That you are beneficiary of this covenant today. And in Jesus, we see God not only as a covenant-making God, He is also a covenant-fulfilling and a covenant-sustaining God. And, and if this is true, you know, we can respond in trusting and thanking the Lord 
for the kind of benefits that we receive in Christ. And so later on, we will respond in, in our communion. And this is a, a visible um, evidence of our union with Christ Jesus. Friends, believe that God is a covenant-making God. Believe that God is a covenant-sustaining God. Believe that God is a covenant-fulfilling God because of our union with Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that the reason we can call you our Father is because of our Savior, Jesus Christ who died for our sin, for our inability to fulfill your righteous demand for faithfulness and blamelessness. And even through him, we receive the full benefits of this covenant. Lord, we thank you that we can know you and relate to you through your gracious covenant. We thank you and we praise you that it does not just, not only begins with us, it does not even stop with us, but it includes our children, uh, the generations after us. Lord, we, we pray that because we are uh, your covenant people, that we will respond accordingly, that we will respond in grace, that we will respond in faithfulness, in obedience to you. Not because when we are faithful and we are obedient, uh, we will have a good life. Although that may be true, God, that is not our motivation. Help us be motivated that it's just right that you call us to faithfulness and obedience because of Christ Jesus. Continue to help us Reflect and be reminded of, of this truth. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.